Hey, and welcome to Game Talk episode 32. I'm your host, Amid Mion. Today, I'm joined by Tristan. Hello. Connor. Hi, guys. And a newcomer to the podcast, Katie Baker. Hello. Today, I wanted to talk about something we've uh, mentioned in the past few episodes, Nintendo Switch Online. Now, obviously, there's a lot to say about Switch's online service. Um, Connor, is it safe to say that it's the dumpster fire that we thought it would be? Yeah, it is. It just kind of doesn't add any value. Like, it's the exact same service before, except you have a couple of NES games that odds are you already had access to if you had any intention of playing them. And, like, it's it's all, it's very frustrating to me because it's all still peer-to-peer servers. So you're paying for what is literally nothing. Nintendo's not hosting anything. So I assume, I have not purchased Nintendo Online myself, but I assume what you're paying for is essentially those NES games and multiplayer functionality in some games. Right, but you're not. It there, There's no, I mean, the multiplayer functionality, yes, that's what you're paying for, but, like... You're not actually paying for a server that the multiplayer... Nintendo is not actually upkeeping anything for multiplayer. No. It's all all peer-to-peer, so like it's all your Switch talking to someone else's Switch. There's no server on Nintendo's end. That's pure profit So let's break down the price a little bit. It's what, $20 a year? Is that correct? It it is, yeah. And $20 a year for, what, 20 NES games and online? Yeah, I think so. Uh, It's more NES games every couple months, I believe. Okay, so what gets me about this is that when you compare Nintendo to their contemporaries, Sony and Microsoft, it just seems like they're so antiquated in what they're doing here. Like, yes, Sony and Microsoft are charging like over double what Nintendo's charging, but they're also providing so much more than Nintendo. I mean, between Sony and Microsoft, you're getting at least 24 free games a year and those are they're newer yeah games. and they're newer games not you know playstation one games um so just i mean even just one game aren't comparable to nes games right yeah nes they're games are even more out. ancient um not that's not to say that they're bad but but still like especially with um the nes classic coming out you know relatively recently and like the whole hacking exploits for these Uh, retro consoles plus just the fact of emulation being a thing i don't think anyone really is getting value out of getting nes games through this service yeah i was gonna say taking a look at um the model they have going on and the price point what it seems to me is that nintendo is just now looking at what the xbox and uh playstation 2 3 were doing for online models um, because back in the day with like, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, it used to be you were pretty much just paying to play with other people over the Internet and you weren't getting all this other free stuff. Um, but then I think I'm trying to think what original Xbox and PlayStation online cost. Uh, I know Xbox Live used to cost like 10 huh. or 15. And then, yeah. And then um, for the longest so, time, actually, the PS3 didn't charge for online play. It was free. Yeah, it was free. It was free. Yeah. It was free until the PS4 came out, right? Right. I think Hmm. so. And now we're sort of seeing uh, Nintendo jumping into this idea of paid online. I think they should have taken a more recent example of, you know, how to do it. Um, But I think there's there. Nintendo is a company that has historically been behind on newer aspects like this in gaming. So what I think going forward is if they want this to be 
if they want to see a higher adoption rate, because for me personally, even though I don't have a Switch, if I had one, I probably wouldn't pay for this service because I don't really play Nintendo games with people online. Um, if they wanted to make this deal more uh, sellable to someone like me, I'd probably have to see games that at least came from the Wii or the Wii U library uh, instead of these NES games. Not that having one, was it, like 20 NES games over a year, so you're essentially getting an NES game for a dollar. I mean, that's a fine deal, but it's not good enough in if they today. If good NES games, maybe, but there's like two or three on there worth playing, like Super Mario Bros., Super Mario Bros. 3, Legend of Zelda, and I think Metroid is getting added in December. Those are the only ones on there that I can think of worth your time. So I have a question Mm. for Nintendo games that already had online functionality, like say Fortnite and Mario Kart eight do retroactively. Now you have to have Nintendo online to play those Fortnite. No, but what really grinds my gears is rocket league, which does not get any money from Nintendo. Like they host their own servers Rocket League, I cannot play on my Nintendo Switch anymore. See, that's that's kind of absurd to me. Wow. It's infuriating. Yeah. And I'm guessing Fortnite gets a pass that's because a it's Fortnite. Audience. Yeah, that, that's as far as I can tell. Like, some little multiplayer features, like I think all the online connectivity in Mario Odyssey is still intact. Okay. But, um, but like, truly you know, playing multiplayer, like, with or against another person it seems to be a per game thing because like Super Mario or uh, not Super Mario Mario Kart 8 Deluxe I expected to like still be able to do ghosts and stuff for the time trials but it, you can't that wow. still tells you the Nintendo Online that's crazy yeah. that they're locking away features in their games that were available before when right. this when this online service came out yeah Nintendo uh, I don't know Nintendo I love Nintendo but they marched to the beat of their own drum and it it's infuriating a lot of the time it doesn't make a lot of sense even like just speaking as like a business kind of person like you think someone would have said hey look this is what our competitors are doing and we don't necessarily have to do the same thing but we should probably give something that's comparable to that to try and get people on board with our system here to want to pay for the online and instead of adding something for being online, it seems like now uh, they're taking away yeah. stuff from being and I think online. Hurt them in the long run because, like, if Nintendo, like, is Splatoon two, like, I would never buy that now because it's just nothing. It it's not a game anymore. And like, they try to release Splatoon three, nobody's going to have Nintendo online because you would at this point you would be paying for it essentially just to play Splatoon. Most people, I feel well, like. I mean, Splatoon's got a pretty hardcore following. And I yeah. also wanted to say, like, do you think Nintendo's strategy here is to, like, they see their upcoming dock of games, a lot of them are online focused, they think they'll really be able to sell the online by having these great games come out that, like, have really cool multiplayer? Like, I, I mean, obviously the first of these is Smash. I'm I'm guessing that they're thinking that Smash is going to uh, get people to buy a lot of subscriptions. I just don't see that happening because from what I've seen, like nothing they've said has made me believe that Smash works better online. Because I feel like if they had fixed that, they'd advertise that they'd fixed that. They'd like they'd be showing <laughs> online gameplay to show that it's not a mess, and they're not. They're not doing that. So what about all the so the NES games are mostly single player? Like why the need for multiplayer mode then 
with those games. Oh, and the multiplayer mode doesn't work on the NES games either. It's a laggy mess. Really? So it's super buggy? Well, I mean, how do you play an antiquated NES game that was pre the internet? They just like the multiplayer, like turn taking modes that the games had. You can play those now. Oh, so like handing my buddy like the controller. And yeah, watching pretty them. much. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's worth the money right now. <laughs> and that's that's like that's saying something because you know I think it's worth the money paying fifty dollars a year for PlayStation Online, and I don't think it's worth paying twenty for Nintendo. You know, something is something is wrong there from their business model. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at uh, Nintendo Switch's upcoming games to sort of figure out, because when we talk about like Xbox and Sony, like the multi-plats that go to those are like, those are, there's a lot of online that's going to go through there. And they've clearly, they've been dealing with this for a while where, oh, hey, we've got games that people are going to want to play online with each other. Uh, Our online services should be up to standard. I'm looking at Nintendo Switch games that I'm trying to find anything that's not multi-plat that I would think, oh, maybe uh, maybe I should start paying for the online for this console. And I just don't see anything that they have personally coming up because the things I would want to play online on the Switch coming up, other than Smash Brothers. Splatoon. We've got Splatoon. Well, yeah. I'm assuming we've there's going to be another ARMS uh, game. And that's another big online one, potentially. Also, Diablo 3 and uh, Elder Scrolls, I think, aren't they going to be on the Switch? Yes. Um, does, is Elder Scrolls Online coming to the Switch? I, I think it's it just Skyrim. Skyrim. Oh, yeah, Skyrim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved is coming to the Switch, um, which I suppose you could do online with that. Warframe is coming, but... Those are, but Arc and Warframe are both on my computer right, already. Like, the yeah. only, <laughs> the, the main value I think here uh, to consider here is first party Nintendo games and like which of those are going to have really good online modes. And I, I mean, like, I don't really see anything. I mean, obviously, there's a, a slate of games that we don't know that Nintendo does. And maybe they're thinking if they play their cards right, they'll, they'll have like this awesome. Uh, lineup of online games that people will be lining up to pay for but if it hasn't been announced at this point it's got me concerned because what do we know that is coming up we know net uh metroid 4 is coming up and i suppose yes they have done you know multiplayer metroid stuff before and they could implement an online into that that would be cool i don't know if it's going to convince me there's no one game on a list of switch games that is going to convince me this twenty dollars a year is worth it. Um, it's going to have to be Animal Crossing could be interesting. Yeah. It could be, yeah, but I don't know. I think what Nintendo needs to do to really sell this online service is to play to their strengths, and I think their strengths are um, they do couch co op better than pretty much everyone else. Uh, so if they're able to translate a lot of those couch co op experience somehow to like a meaningful online experience, I think that will entice a lot of people. But I don't really see how that can be done. I mean, they've already screwed that up. Because in order to have a mic, you have to have that's another thing their stupid phone app. Yeah. So like they've already screwed up any cooperative <laughs> stuff. Do you get the phone app uh, with your membership? The phone app's free. Oh, okay. But I just don't. But you have to have your phone with you. Yeah. Like. 
okay. and yeah, I guess Nintendo's mentality is yeah, everyone has a phone, right? But like, <laughs> you want to remove as much as you can any ancillary things, and like you just want to have the core components there. You don't want to add things to the system. I feel like why is there no mic support? I, is it because of yeah, or something? like. I don't want to have to add another battery that I have to watch out for as I'm trying to play my game online with my friends. Like if I won, if I if I were to play Splatoon 2 and all of a sudden I realize, oh, hey, guys, my phone's dying. I'm not going to be able to talk for the next hour while I charge the frickin thing. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we win. I, I think the idea is that <laughs> like they don't want to use any of the switches already limited processing power on VoIP. But I think they overestimated how much that should take. I don't think it would take well, very much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much it would take, but if they're already having like lag issues and multiplayer problems with connections, then yeah, they've not. Are there reports of like really shoddy online experiences yet? Like, I genuinely don't know. I had just read earlier that. Um, people said that if there's even the slightest connection issue, the the it doesn't go well. Hmm. And the NES games lag horribly already. Yeah, so like all of these signs don't bode well for like a mature online ecosystem. And like Nintendo's kind of shown that they're not willing to put their best foot forward on online multiplayer. Like you can see in Super Mario Party, they don't let you do board game mode online. I know, that, that would have been such a game changer for me. I would have loved that. Yeah. And I feel like most Mario Party fans want that. Like online play is always a second class citizen to Nintendo. And now they want us to pay for it. But here's the thing. It can only be that way for so long. I mean, everything is switching. Like, the, the trends can't be ignored. Like, gamers are more and more transitioning to online multiplayer-only games. Which I am such... I'm honestly against a little bit. I love single-player games probably more than anyone here. Like, that's literally all I play. Like, straight up. But... <laughs> At the same time, like the larger trends in gaming can't be ignored. And if Nintendo doesn't cater to that huge audience, they're going to fall behind even more than they already have. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, true. I um, I was just looking at, I decided to look up the, uh, the Nintendo online on Reddit, see what people are talking about. Uh, one thread has a lot going on in it right now, but uh, they bring up a good point. Somebody was talking about how essentially the service is killing anything that's not Splatoon 2 or Mario Kart. Because, yes, you have Mario Tennis, Aces, and ARMS, but those communities were already small. sort of dying out and small to start. Now it's going to just even... That's going to make it even smaller because now people have to start paying for it. So really, this online service seems to be killing their own first-party game. I don't think... I think 90% or higher of people using the service are going to be using it for... Mario Kart, Splatoon, or Smash. Like, I don't think anyone's going to get it for anything else. Yeah. I would be... Yeah, like, when I think about people... Like, I, we have Xbox One, we have the um, the Xbox Gold here. Um, I only ever see maybe two or three games that are played uh, online with people in, in my house, anyway. Um, but... And so even though there are two to three games that are only ever played online and I could we could justify that for the switch, you know, only people are playing like two to three games. There's still everything else that comes with online that makes it worth buying and just a better deal 
Like, I just don't know too many people that have a Switch and are also going to be buying the online. I mean, I literally don't know anyone doing that. Do you? Yeah. I don't even know that many people with Yeah, Switch. my brother bought online because he plays Splatoon 2 a lot. Okay. Mm. And that's it. That Of the people I know, he's... That's one of the cases we mentioned. Splatoon 2, Mario, and Smash. Yeah. And, like, if Smash multiplayer works, I might get it. Yeah, that that's going to be... I have to... I'm going to have to definitely see receipts on that first. That's a huge... I mean, they're probably banking on that. I, I, I can't imagine that they aren't, you know? They're, they're putting their eggs, like, kind of all in one basket with this, it seems. Smash is already looking like a game that uh, is going to cost $90 to play. Man, I really don't want it to be 110 Yeah. Like, first, you know, there's the 60 up front, but then, like... You, you got the DLC. Yeah, that's twenty five dollars for the DLC season pass. Yeah, and then another twenty on top of that just to play it online. I just why would I spend a hundred and ten dollars on Smash to play with somebody that I don't know from another part of the country that can just whoop my ass in a second? However, you are, and we have been ignoring this whole time a way that you can get Nintendo Online considerably cheaper, which is their family plan. Which you can't combine with an individual membership or anything like that, right? Right, but you don't lose anything by being in the family plan. Okay. It's basically, the family plan is essentially seven individual memberships, except you're trusting whoever pays for it to continue to pay for it, basically. (laughs) So, and how much does that service cost compared to, like, just the online? It's 25 bucks a year. So, yeah, it's it's like three dollars or something per person. It's absurdly cheap. It might be thirty five. It's absurdly cheap per year per person. Honestly, I could see a lot of like, I don't know, college age kids doing that or even families. Set up like a Venmo and get that taken care of. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. Smash is good. You know? Yeah. If Smash Mm. is good, Connor, include me in that. Yeah. Like it's worth seven bucks (laughs) for me to play Smash online if it's good. Yeah. That's now I'm confused. Why would you bother? So they have they got to know that people are just going to do that, right? Like that people are going to gather. Well, at first, you got to find six of your closest friends who have a switch. Um, But then obviously, they're going to go with the idea of, well, we can all just claim we're a family and then we're good. It's and then, you know, the other option is, well, you're the only one responsible for it, but it costs $20 for the year. I don't know. It's strange. It, That's all I can say. It doesn't really make that sense. That is strange, but but maybe they're trying to like uh, tie it into the whole couch co-op thing you were talking about earlier. You know, if they can get more than one person with a group membership. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's better long run for them. Yeah, that, that's wise. that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think their bet is that it's going to be annoying enough to get the family membership together that people aren't going to do it. Like my brother, I told him I was going to put it together later this year, and he didn't want to wait, so he went ahead and paid his twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and at least the people that want to do that have that option. So, I mean, because you know they're going to be those loners, those solo players. Just I just feel like it, the people who value $20 a lot are going to do the family plan, but I, I feel like there's plenty of people who are going to be like, $20 a year, not that big a deal, just pay it, don't worry about the hassle. That's Spotify twice, <laughs> you know? like <laughs> I feel At this point, for me at least, it's it's more about making a statement. Like Ninten- I don't want to let Nintendo get away with providing this like mediocre service. Yeah, $20 like, is not a huge deal to me right now, but I, I will not pay them for taking something from me. 
I won't do that. Based on principle. I like it. Y'all are sticking to I mean, that's the only that's the only language <laughs> companies understand. If if we don't give them our money, they'll be forced to look at themselves and change. So, I don't know. It's probably not going to do anything cuz I feel like all the Nintendo fans are going to get it anyway, but we'll see. All right, any any other thoughts on Nintendo Switch online? Hold out, don't buy it. Can't wait to play I uh can't wait to play on a couch with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> 3 out of 10, don't buy. All right. Our next topic is going to be the Fallout 76 beta and I guess Bethesda uh as well. So I ca- I'm kind of going somewhere with this, but before I get there, Katie, you have been playing the Fallout 76 beta like a maniac. Do you do you want to talk about that for a bit? Yeah, so I I was that crazy I never pre-order games. Like it's a rule me and my friends have. We just <laughs> we don't pre-order. We we don't want to uh, <laughs> let the devs think that you know they can put out something shoddy. But I did it with Fallout seventy six because it's based in my home state. It's got my hometown. I like had to, and so yeah, I've been playing it a lot. I've played every beta session, which has been like six or seven of them. Um, I haven't had any major bugs, but there are a lot of like design issues and things that Bethesda really should have just done naturally and didn't for whatever reason. (laughs) And see, that's kind of concerning to me because yes, this is a beta, but the game's out in like what a month or something. This beta, this is not a beta. This is a joke. This is a pre-release. If I ever saw one, if you were going to have a beta, you have it months in advance. You don't have it. I've never seen a beta this close to release. There's like, what time are you going to have to put in the feedback you get? Uh, people already have um, on the Fallout 76 subreddit. Uh, actually, Bethesda wrote this big long post about, oh, we appreciate your support, PC users, even though we've completely ignored and forgotten you. That's a great uh, thing to segue into. What happened with the PC beta of Fallout 76? Well, the very first <laughs> scheduled stress test as they're having it, which is also what a bummer. I mean, you can only play the games when they arbitrarily schedule it um so it was super hyped october 30th was ready to play from 7 to 11 p.m i had pre-downloaded it and for some reason the game deleted itself and this happened to every person on pc and so of course everyone's scrambling to like re-download the game and then Bethesda sees this and throttles everybody so we're downloading under a meg a second <laughs> this is a 50 gig game, right? Yeah, it's like 47. Gigs I mean, there's plenty. Like there's that. plenty of people that have like 200 gig a month data caps. Yeah, and I saw that yeah. for some people, like the estimated time to download was like over a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they had to cap people because they were getting slammed so hard for whatever bug. We were like, did you not have someone test launching the game on PC? Like the console port versions seem to work just fine. And this, along with a few other things, kind of leads me to the second part of the topic, which is just Bethesda being Bethesda. Like, I feel like (laughs) Bethesda... All right, Bethesda has the sort of clout and acclaim that very few other studios do in our industry. Like, people love Bethesda. When a Bethesda game comes out, it's an event. Everyone buys it. Everyone plays it. They're, They're a big deal. But... Bethesda seems to be the one developer that can always get away with these ridiculous bugs. 
that almost no other studio of their caliber seems to have at whatsoever. So I'm wondering, like, is there some kind of technical deficiency there? Because at this point, I feel like it's getting kind of old. Like Skyrim was straight up broken on PS3. Like you couldn't play it on PS3. Like it seems each one of their releases, something like this happens. And after a certain point, it's just like, when do we as consumers stop giving Bethesda a free pass? Because I know Bethesda games are fantastic. Like I love them, but at the same time, like I feel like they need to change the way they just, just their technical implementations. Like, and there's so many times something can break and you can like give it, you know, just explain it away by saying, Oh, it was a freak accident. And the really absurd part about it, in my opinion, is that I know they're not the same teams, but this is the same company that gives us Doom, which is like a technical marvel. <laughs> yeah. Well, it yeah. seems like most of these problems stem from like the first person RPG type Bethesda games. Right. Yeah. But like, they're still like, like they work for the same people. Like you'd think there could be like some communication there. Like it can't be a technical deficiency because like, obviously they employ very technical people. They have capable teams. Yes, they have capable teams, but like they also have glaring, glaring bugs in all of their games. I think they really rolled this out kind of poorly. I mean, it's, it's not Bethesda's first foray into multiplayer as we've seen with Elder Scrolls Online. but um i don't know they just there were a lot of i i'm thinking more like in-game issues that they just have like there there's no push to talk in the game there's no text chat there's no i also heard like there i mean this is a game design decision but there are no npcs in the beta right there are no npcs i mean there are a lot of robots and ai and things like that but there are no human players so you come across a lot of terminals, a lot of hollow tapes, a lot of robots, and that kind of thing. And also, just in terms of bugs, I heard something was like s- cripplingly wrong with the frame rate. They capped the frame rate at sixty FPS, and because I don't know why. <laughs> well, not just that, but I heard some people were having problems where, like, the FPS was like t- tied to the camera, where like. If they looked up, their like more things were rendered on the screen or whatever, and their FPS went down. Whereas if they looked at the ground, it shot back up to sixty. Like I don't really know oh, what weird. that was about. I mean, that makes sense. That's just frustrum calling, which is the technique of like not rendering the things that you can't see with your camera. So like having more objects in the scene is going to tank your frame rate. Right, but like not to like I feel like it shouldn't tank it from sixty to twenty. You know, like it's it's a little. No, it shouldn't. Yeah, you're right. And like, it's it's not great on console either. Like, I I was watching my roommate play it, and it it had some pretty severe stutters. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one thing I heard about. Um, have you run into the issue where uh, uh someone's talking to a vendor and you can't talk to that same vendor? Yes, yes, that is insane. Oh I don't know why they did that. So if one player is talking to an NBC, I can't interact or trade with them, and all the caps are tied. So like if someone wipes an NPC out of caps, then I'm just screwed. Oh, jeez. So like the, and like the weight of everything in the game, you're over encumbered very quickly. And there's a stash box where of course you can like dump all your stuff, but they've capped that as well. 
So, <laughs> in a game with, where you're scavenging a lot, that's not really. And you great. only get one stash box, right? You you like every every yeah. anything you open leads to your stash box. Well, anything that you put in the stash box, so like you could have them spread across the map or come across them, and they're all linked together. They're the same. They're the same box. So, so, huh. so Katie, how much of this do you think can be explained away by? Oh, it's just a beta. Or how many? How much of this do you think is like? <laughs> core design flaws in the game honestly i think probably half and half because there were i mean they have so many other examples to look towards to look at with multiplayer you know Mm -hmm. what i mean this isn't the first multiplayer game that's ever been done in this industry um i understand that it's like trying to be unique and sort of like edgy about it um but they could have taken some like basic ideas you know like text chat push to talk what those should just be like kind of standard (laughs) in a multiplayer game (laughs) um and i don't know this it's all kind of a bummer to hear because prior to the news coming out about this beta i was pretty excited for fallout 76 um i think all of us were just being you know west virginians but um like here oh i still am i'm gonna keep my order and everything and i'm gonna play it when it comes out these aren't game breaking for like i'm still on board yeah i feel like i would have to wait for a sale or just hear that all these problems have been ironed out and then it's actually fun to play well it is fun to play and it does feel very much single player like i have i don't think anyone has ever attacked me in game actually and the map is so big that i rarely run into another player so i you really do have the option to do it single player or, or multiplayer in my opinion which is kind of good. Cool. Yeah. I kind of have a problem with um like they they chose not to include NPCs because they wanted player interaction, right? Like they wanted the players to fill those roles. That's the vibe I got. Right. But mechanically, I don't feel like the game really encourages you to do that. Like I I've watched my roommate play a little bit and I see him interacting with like his friends and he has plans to like role play and stuff as like characters and all, but that seems very niche. Like I don't feel like the average player is going to do that. Well, on the subreddit there, a lot of people have been complaining about wanting the whole text chat thing so that players could role play since it's so common in other MMOs and multiplayer Can you games. voice chat at all on um, PC? You can. It's it's automatic. So as soon as you like join a game, if you have a mic, you are automatically like on. There's no push to talk. If you're just in the game and you have a mic, you are you can I so can't like, understand that decision, but like if you're close to another player, you can hear him? Or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. As soon as I joined a game, I heard people talking and I was like, what the heck is going on? And they were like, dude, we can hear you. <laughs> I actually heard you can hear people on the character creation screen. Is that true? Yeah, because everybody has like their own room in a vault. So like I was making my character and exploring my little room in Vault 76 while people were like running around outside my window. That's really weird. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. It's just a weird decision. And I, I just don't feel like they've done enough to foster role play. Like it doesn't seem like you really need to trade with other people. The combat, the player versus player combat is not, I mean, it's just not much. Like you have to shoot somebody and in order for combat to actually initiate, they have to shoot you back. <laughs> so like, I mean, I think that's their answer to like, prevent griefing at least a little bit and also levels don't really matter because i guess they sort of like normalize i think i'm pro griefing in a game like this though 
third is it to walk up to someone and shoot them in the face and then just kind of look at you and walk away, you know? Yeah, like, what's the point of there being another player if I have zero interaction with them? I just don't get it. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I'm kind of anti-griefing, so uh, I, I'm i iffy. This is funny to me, because, like, we, I remember having the exact opposite conversation with somebody else of, like, dude, I really don't want somebody to just show up, shoot me in the face, loot me, and leave. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess from, like, a player perspective, yeah, it would suck, but I, I don't know. It would just, like, ruin... I feel like that would ruin my immersion. It's just, like... I don't know, well, like a gentleman's agreement to killing each other first before killing each other. Like a duel. Yeah. Honestly, it's like a duel. I mean, I feel like it's they could at least like make like Badlands or something, like an area <laughs> where you can kill each other. Like the RuneScape Wilderness or something like yeah. that. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, they do have the map divided into regions already, so I think they could do that. That'd be cool. I like that idea. Anything goes. Ha ha ha. Uh, what's your all's verdict on the Fallout 76 beta? I know, Katie, you're you're still all about it. I still think it's interesting, but I'm not sold yet, not even close. I've never liked Fallout, so obviously I'm not going to get it. I love Fallout, but unless uh, a lot of my friends that with PCs decide they're also going to go get this game and we can all play it together, it's going to be a hard sell for me. And just as a final note on this topic... I really think Bethesda needs to get their act together a little bit. Like enough, enough is enough with these problems. I mean, it's, it's sort of like a meme now that like, it's just Bethesda. So their it's their games are going to be like this, but they don't have to be. And that really kind of worries me. Like looking at their major upcoming releases, like, like, uh, what was it? Starfield? Yeah. Starfield. Yeah. yeah Starfield their new and Elder player. Scrolls six. Like, I'm I'm probably the most excited and hyped human being in the world for Elder Scrolls Six, and if it has problems like these, I'm going to be infuriated. See, so like, I really just hope that Bethesda straightens out whatever technical issues that they're having. None of the problems well, in Skyrim like bothered me; like they were just kind of funny, and they like added to the game to me. Like they were quirky. <laughs> I, I get that, yes, but I'm saying on PS3, the game was literally unplayable; like it would delete your save. Really? Yes. Wow. Like for the for like literally like 3 or 4 years until ev- all the bugs got ironed out. Like wow. it was ridiculous. And I never played it on PS3. I played it on 360, but like I remember hearing horror stories about people on PS3 and it was just like Yeah. I played it on PC and didn't have any issues. I don't really remember any issues. Yeah, same. I remember I had a friend that played it on PS3 when it first came out and she had to restart her save about 4 different times. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I'd lose it, especially in a game like Skyrim. That game's Same. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say Bethesda. They're with the PC version of Fallout seventy six. I think they're gonna rely heavily on the modding community to make the game better. Right, and even Xbox now because I think like mods are pretty much fair game on Xbox as well. As long as they don't use the mods to, as an excuse to not patch the game, because screw it, the modders will do it, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, totally yeah, that's not fair. I agree. But yeah, any um, any other thoughts on Fallout slash Bethesda? We'll see. Okay, um, our last topic is going to be the announcement of Diablo Immortal. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Immortal. <laughs> yeah. Diablo Immortal, which was announced at BlizzCon. Uh, so just for a little bit of context, 
Diablo Immortal is a mobile Diablo game. It is the fourth Diablo game to ever be released in the span of like 20 plus years. Uh, and they announced it at BlizzCon, which is a convention specifically made for fans of Blizzard games. And they thought it was a good idea to announce this mobile only title to this group of people. And obviously you can guess how the reaction went after that. Uh, well, uh, I wanted to talk about it briefly because I know it's been talked about a lot on the gaming subreddit, but the first uh, time they uploaded the Diablo Immortal cinematic trailer to YouTube, it got over 300,000 down or dislikes. Yeah, the like to uh, dislike ratio is absurd. I think it's like 10K likes to over 300K dislikes. Yes, uh, I pulled it up a little bit ago. The most recent count is 19,000 uh, likes to 516,000 dislikes. I don't think, yeah, I've, that's like kind of unheard of. Um, crazy. And I think, I don't know, like I want to blame all parties in this. Like Blizzard, you should absolutely know that, yes, maybe it's correct financially for you to make this game, but announcing it at BlizzCon was not the right move. Yeah, it was stupid to announce it to that audience. A lot of your most hardcore fans now are just going to ditch you. Like, Probably permanently. There are a ton of hardcore Diablo fans out there that are extremely burned by this. Like one guy you can see at BlizzCon like came up when when uh, when Blizzard was taking questions and was like, is this an April Fool's joke? Like that was straight up his question and he wasn't joking. <laughs> um, Jeez. And yeah, so shame on you, Blizzard, for doing that. And also I want to say shame on the gamers too a little bit because... Some of these reactions have just been like absurd, oh, like stupid. Like you can imagine, because nobody's saying that they're not working on hardcore Diablo games anymore. Like, yeah, nobody said that at all, and people are just like throwing a fit that a, a game that doesn't target them is being made. Like it's instances like this that you know make me a little embarrassed to be a gamer because yeah. like the stereotypes are kind of true because people can point to instances like this and see us all acting like. Or not all of us, but the Diablo fans acting like immature, like man babies. And it's just not a good look for the industry. I mean, and what does that say to developers? You know, don't go out of what you know or what you're good at. That's like, why would you want to send that message? And like, there's no reason that this couldn't be an okay game. I feel like, like, what about Diablo doesn't work on a phone? <laughs> like, yeah, it's isometric. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, th I think the biggest reason for this outcry was people were expecting a Diablo 4 announcement, like straight up, like that's what their expectations were. And when and literally the polar opposite of that got announced. So it, it just the situation exploded from there. But I consider myself somebody who has my ear to the ground in the industry. And like they're pulling that out of thin air. They had no reason to expect Diablo 4. No, they, right. the only uh, reason they had to expect it was because it's been a while since Diablo 3 came out and then there was going to be a Diablo announcement at BlizzCon. Yeah. They put two and two together on that and expected a Diablo 4. That just seems unreasonable to me. To like throw big of a fit. So just diving into Diablo Immortal a little bit, this is made by Activision Blizzard. Keyword Activision. So I feel like this thing is likely going to be riddled with microtransactions. And that's going to be another point of contention probably when it comes out. 
I mean, what isn't nowadays, though? Like, what game is not riddled with microtransactions? Look at Fallout 76. Look at any sort of multiplayer game that these big studios are pushing out now. I mean, That's, like, how they're trying to make money. The original Diablo games weren't, and they were immensely popular. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, same I with Fallout. Diablo 3, Diablo actually, I saw recently, is, like, the 10th highest grossing game of all time, which is insane. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, Activision's involved, so microtransactions are going to be in play. Yeah, I think what we're... Connor is right on, like, this was not... This is not the avenue to announce this. This is, like, p- the fans are also in the wrong for expecting this. I think this would have been fine if they had gone the Fallout route of, hey, we are working on Diablo 4. It's gonna be a while. Here's something that maybe tied you over. Maybe you'll enjoy it. It's Diablo on your phone. Yeah, play that until four comes out. That's the, um, the appropriate way to do that. Yeah, I feel like if they but, had announced this, like just just randomly posted a YouTube video announcing this, like people would be like, "Oh, that's kind of neat." It should not have been a BlizzCon. Yeah, uh, and no. as a consequence, what Activision Blizzard's stock dropped seven points or something like that. I don't think that's related to Diablo as people think it is. Do you not? Do you really uh, not? I did some research into it because I was going to buy some Blizzard Activision stock, but um. Because it was cheap, but uh, I that's more. It didn't drop as much as people are acting like it did. It's not crashing or anything. It dropped a few points, and um, it's actually largely related to Call of Duty as well. Is uh, Call of Duty not selling as well? It's under. It's still breaking records, but it's not breaking records as much as everybody thought it would, mm. and that's mm. affecting their stock because they're not meeting expectations. Well, personally, I'd say good because this is the first Call of Duty without a single player campaign, and I think single player campaigns are important. So. Oh, it's still like breaking records and outselling like everything else. Everything aside from Red Dead, I I imagine. Yeah. So if they shouldn't have announced at BlizzCon, where then should they or like how? If they, they announced it at E3, I don't think anybody would have cared that much. Announcement at E3, or maybe the Game Awards are another option, or even just literally put out a post like on their website and upload a trailer to YouTube. I think that would have been the most appropriate announcement for Diablo Immortal. Because and this then is a game that needs a hype train, train behind it. Like it's mobile. Like it, it's gonna get a million users no matter what. Who are they hyping for Diablo Immortal? Yeah. They're, they're not hyping anyone. They're appealing to you know mobile players, and which, yeah, like a lot of people are going to download Diablo Immortal. And it's going to make a buttload of money, but like no one's excited for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I think no one at the core fan base of Diablo is excited for this. But I was talking this uh, about this with somebody else recently, and we were saying, well, this might maybe draw in the people that you know played Diablo back in the day. Uh, my dad used to play Diablo, and he hasn't touched it since. Um, but if there's a mobile game on his phone that's right. Diablo, maybe he'll pick it up, and maybe he'll get back into into Diablo, and then the next time they announce a Diablo game, he might go, yeah, I'll pick that up. I'm into Diablo now. I think that's what this is targeted for, the app itself. The announcement was not targeted at the same people it was they were trying to target this announcement to their hardcorest fan base and it didn't work um another thing i wanted to bring up is that another point of contention is the relatively uh low quality of the game um supposedly it i don't remember the exact details but 
it's based off of like a Diablo knockoff. So like the D- Diablo game is based off of a no- knockoff of an actual Diablo game or something like that. And players took issue with that as well. So it doesn't seem like a very high effort game either, just from my initial research. Low effort and poor marketing is what that sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to make a lot of money. So why why do they care, you know? Well, we'll see. It probably it there's a very good chance this game could just fizzle out on the marketplace, uh, like so many other mobile tie-ins have uh at this point. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. We're talking about Blizzard here. Like, I think they'll find a way to make this successful. What do you think it would take uh, to make Diablo Immortal successful at this point? Ooh, that's a good question. I think, I think it's already going to be successful. Honestly, I think it would just be, like, completely ignoring the people screaming at them, like their core fan base, completely ignoring them and just appealing to a casual market. I think hmm. that's what's going to make it successful. And I, I think that's super unfortunate that that's true, but I think that it is true. Yeah, yeah it's... It's that for the Diablo franchise, but as a business move, I mean, yeah, they're going to draw in a casual crowd and that'll probably sustain them. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth for actual fans of Diablo. It leaves a bad taste. And in terms of long term appeal of the brand, it like destroys it. Like how many times have we seen even on this show, like when you abandon your core faithful audience in pursuit of a casual audience? It almost never works out. Something always breaks. Something goes wrong. And then you lose everyone. You know? Because they can't sustain you. I mean, that's why they're casual. Yeah, exactly. Like, people will play this game for maybe a year. And then I bet it's going to be like a ghost town. Unless it's like super well supported. But even then, like, unless they get some of the core gamers on board, I don't think it's going to have the longest shelf life. Like, it might make them a a lot of money in, in the short term. But... For instance, I don't see it making as much money as Diablo 3. Like, I really don't. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think my dad also played these when he was younger, and he does just does not play mobile apps. Like, doesn't play anything mobile. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is really, like, going to get tap into that market either, you know? Mm. I mean, we'll see soon. I think it'll be interesting to follow this this game in the in the weeks and months after release to see how it's being picked up and like who's playing it what's the yeah, uh what's the official release date on this sorry to interrupt no you're good it has not been announced the release date oh cool okay <sighs> all right even better <laughs> like, okay i feel like there's been a lot of negativity this episode yeah you know yeah. but sometimes well, who picked yeah. these topics <laughs> they're important topics and sometimes this happens in the gaming industry and even so i think it's important to talk about them i mean it just kind of reflects the overall like uh vibe of the industry you know yeah people are sick of doing microtransactions people are sick of you know poorly poor games being shipped no matter what i mean this is kind of reminiscent of remember e3 when they announced command and conquer mobile oh yeah like this is the same thing except like amplified because it's diablo but anyways i digress Uh, yeah i'm curious to see how what continues you know what comes from this yeah all right so as every week we end by talking about games we've played or games we recommend um katie why don't you go uh go first all right well if you didn't catch it earlier uh i'm gonna recommend fallout 76 when it comes out 
Um, I've also been playing a ridiculous amount of Prison Architect because uh, I just love it. That, that's all I got then. Do you want to just talk about a little bit, like your experiences with it? I mean, we already kind of went over that, but anything you want to add? No, not really. I mean, they really captured West Virginia, I think. Um, like, I've recognized structures and places that I've been to in real life Yeah. Um, that are in the game, and I think that's pretty cool. Can't always say that from a game. Awesome. Uh, Tristan? Uh, hmm. I've been playing a lot of Legend of Lagaya, but I've talked about that before. So I sat down and played Rainbow Six Siege for the first time. Uh, I hear that's a really while good. Ago. I... So my little brother plays it, um, and I've watched him freaking climb the ranked ladders. Um, and I was like, man, this game looks kind of fun. People I watch have played this game. I'll give it a shot. I'm horrible at this game. <laughs> uh, Rainbow Six Siege is really hard. hardcore game. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, though. Like, I am atrocious at this game, but I love uh, going into it. With the idea, hey, I'm going to be awful and I'm going to upset uh, all of my teammates, but I'm going to play and try and get some kills. Uh, sometimes you can pull off some six shots that on a replay cam. I'm like, ooh, that was a nice shot. I appreciate that. Um, but I like what Siege has done. I don't necessarily... So, you know, they started off with a simple cast of people like any... It's sort of like a MOBA setup, you know, they have a cast of characters and then they've just been adding characters slowly uh, over their last seasons. Um, so it's always interesting to see what new little perks new operators come up with. Um, and so I've been I'm going to try and get better at Siege. I don't think I will, but yeah. it'll be fun nonetheless. It's always been a game I want, but I'm afraid to buy because I think I'll be so bad at it. I can't enjoy it. <laughs> from what i've heard about siege that's probably true and <laughs> super hard um connor uh have i talked about mini law yet i don't think so okay <laughs> um i picked up so me and katie were recently at the west virginia game developers expo and uh i saw a game there called mini law being showed by lasso games and uh i liked the art style and i i i befriended the developer and decided I would buy uh, his two games on Steam, Terra and Mini Law. And Mini Law is the only one I've really sunk my teeth into. It's basically like um, a 2D side-scrolling, like RoboCop slash Judge Dredd kind of game. So you like you drive your cop car around this map screen, and then um, there's like you drive from different blocks and uh. You, when you arrive, you see that there's a crime going on and you get out of your car and it just kind of drops you in and you have either non-lethally kind of like you can shout at people and tell them to quit what they're doing or you can punch them or you can shoot them and like you get different points based on whether or not you let people live or killed them. Uh, sometimes there's like a, a VIP in the area and like it's really important not to kill them or you do have to kill them because uh, for whatever reason, your boss told you they had to die on the scene. And uh, generally the story is like, there's these four gangs and it's kind of procedural, which one is involved in the plot, but there's a nuclear bomb somewhere in the city. And one gang has the bomb 
and another gang has the code to defuse it. And you have 24 hours to find both. Otherwise, the city gets destroyed. And so you're like interviewing people. You're driving around like beating the crap out of different thugs trying to get information <laughs> to try to find this nuclear bomb. It's it's a fun game. I don't know how much replay value it's going to have because I've already seen repeated dialogue in just I did two playthroughs because I failed the first one and the city exploded. But um, so I've seen a lot of repeated dialogue, so I don't know if I'm ever going to play it again, which kind of makes me sad because I had a really good time with it. Nice. And people can find this on Steam. Yeah, this is available on Steam. It's called Mini Law. M-I-N-I-L-A-W. Yeah, I just bought it recently. Haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I'm excited. Sweet. Um, I'll go last. To be completely honest, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 like my life depends on it, but since I've already <laughs> talked about that, I think I'll talk about a game called Next Machina. Um, it's a game by Housemark, who's famed for their twin-stick shooters, and this is one of those games. Uh, it is a superbly crafted twin-stick shooter, super fast-paced, tons of action, and like constant feedback on the screen. There's like particle effects flying everywhere, and colors, and it's just absolutely crazy. You play through five levels, each getting increasingly faster and more hectic with more enemies, with more varied enemies, uh, and each one culminating in a boss fight. And then you're given a score at the end. And there's little side things you can do in the levels, like rescue humans and that sort of thing, like destroy specific enemies. But it's essentially like an arcade shooter. Um, and Housemark is... I'd say probably the best developer in the world for twin stick shooters. They, they have, have got the gameplay down to a science and that's really all this game is. It's pure gameplay, like playing this game and actually getting into it and getting into a rhythm of like dodging and shooting and that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's a very like Zen like thing. Um, like before you know it, while you're playing it, you're pulling off like a impossible maneuvers, like shooting enemies all around you while dodging like eight different projectiles and, it just seems natural to you because you're like kind of in the zone. So it's a lot of fun to play. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And um, I don't know if it's on other platforms, but it's on the PlayStation 4. And it's relatively cheap too. So give it a look if you're interested. Hmm. All right. I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. Um, thank you for joining us, Katie. Hopefully we'll see more of you in the future. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks for having me. And we'll catch you next week. See you guys. Later. Later.